Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome. This is the Underground Christian Network. I'm Theo. All my friends call me Jason Zelda, the power source, singer-songwriter, music video maker, and Christian. But Christian first. So you're at a sporting event. You're excited. Your team just scored, and the camera pans around, and you see people holding up signs. And one of the signs you see says John 3.16, and you're scratching your head going, I wonder what that means. And as you continue to look around, you notice there's another sign out there. Somebody's holding up a sign that says EPH2, colon 8-9. And you're really scratching your head now, wondering, what does that mean? Well... For the most part, the people who are doing this are Christians, and they're holding up a sign because they're trying to convey to you a message. But the problem is, many of them don't seem to realize that this generation that we live in today was not raised reading or studying the Bible. So holding up a sign to them that says John 3.16 doesn't really mean that much to them because they don't know what John 3.16 says, and they don't know what it means. And for the most part, if you went to them and handed them a Bible, they wouldn't even know how to find it because they wasn't raised reading and studying the Bible. So I decided what I would do was put together an easy, simple-to-understand message on how to understand and read the Bible. And that's what we have here today. So the first few questions we need to ask is, what is the Bible? Well, contrary to popular belief, the Bible is not just one book. The Bible is a collection of 66 books that have been brought together into one place. It looks like it's just one book until you get inside of it. And when you see the front of it, it says here, the books of the Old and New Testament. See, in a table of contents, it spells it out. I'll be able to show this to you in a picture that I'll put up on the screen once I get the editing done. But the Bible is divided up into 66 books. The Bible is also divided up into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament begins with the book of Genesis, the book that tells us how everything began, how the universe came into existence, why we call it a universe. You know, the word universe, I understand, comes from two words, uni meaning one or single, and verse meaning sentence or spoken phrase, a single spoken phrase. So when we say universe, we're saying single spoken phrase, from what I understand. And if that's correct, then that proves this book to be correct again. Because the Bible says that the universe or the worlds came into existence, everything that was made was made because God spoke. And he even told us what he said. He said, let there be. Let there be light, let there be this, let there be that. And whatever he's spoken to existence happened. And we still confirm that by calling the fullness of the cosmos a universe. He spoke all these things into existence, but the human race was different. We were made from the dust of the earth. We were a special creation made by God, made in his image after his likeness. So we were special to him. And the book of Genesis spells that out to us. But what ended up happening is God created the heaven, the earth, the universe, angels, all kinds of things. And the Bible tells us that a third of the angels that he created rebelled against them. He gave them all this power, all these abilities that are far beyond what human power and abilities are, and they rebelled. So rather than destroying them, he decided instead to send them to the earth. And while they got on the earth, and when they got on the earth, they continued with their evil ways, turning the human race against God. So you'll find through the rest of the Old Testament, God intervening in human activity to try to win the human race back to himself. 
He would send people who were known originally as seers, later they were called prophets, and the people would kill the prophets off. God will raise up a group of people known as the Israelites. Today they're known as the Jews, and he used them as his main oracles on the earth to get his message out to the world. It's because of the Jewish people that we have the Bible today. These, this is a translation from the Jewish scriptures into English, and it's awesome. But you won't know what it is unless you read it, and you won't know how to read it unless it's explained to you. But once you understand how it's read and how to read it, you're good to go. And once you learn what's in here, it's very powerful. It's very powerful stuff. The Bible is filled with a lot of history. Even though it doesn't claim to be a history book, there's a lot of history in it. The Bible doesn't claim to be a science book, but there's a lot of science in it. The Bible doesn't claim to be a math book, but there's a lot of mathematics in it. The Bible doesn't claim to be a map, but there's lots of instances in here where it tells you the distance between this place and this place, and it's absolutely right. And there's a lot of scientists today that want to... Uh, you know, try to say that these things aren't true, but archaeologists keep proving them wrong. As time after time after time, they go digging in the ground and they find these cities that the Bible mentioned that scientists were denying ever existed. This book is continually proven right. Now, I want to let you know also <coughs> that the New Testament, the New Testament covers where the Old Testament leaves off. The Old Testament leaves it and explains part and then the New Testament explains some of the things that happened in the Old Testament. There were some things that were happening. Remember I told you that God raised up the Israelites, the Jewish people, and used them in order to have things happen to them that they would write down, that we would read about. And at the time it was happening to them, they could not understand why these things were happening. And then the New Testament comes. And in the New Testament, it tends to explain some of these things that were happening in the Old Testament. Although they couldn't understand it then, we can understand it now because God spells it out to us. This happened to them then, and this is why it happened. The New Testament begins with four books, the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, the book of Luke, and the book of John. These four books tell you the story of the life of Jesus Christ as seen through the eyes of four people that knew him. And they explain to us that Jesus was more than just a mere man. He was not any mere man because no mere man could do the things Jesus did. It is just impossible. He healed the sick, he raised the dead, he walked on water. Oh, man. There are some people that say, well, why 66 books? How come there couldn't be more books? Well, John, in the book of John, at the end of his book, he's the one who identifies Jesus for who he is. He begins his book by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That word, Word, has a capital W, letting you know that he's talking about somebody. And in verse 14, he explains to us who this capital W word is when he said, The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, who's the only begotten of the Father? That's Jesus. So he's talking about Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. All things were made by him, and there's nothing made that he didn't make. So it puts two and two together. When you look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and then you have John saying there's nothing created that Jesus didn't create. You put two and two together, Jesus must be God because he created everything. And John said there's nothing made that he didn't make, but there's nothing that existed he didn't make. Okay, so everything that was created was created by him. But some would say, hey, why aren't there more books in the Bible? Why just 66? 
Well, John answers that at the end of this book. In John chapter 21, verse 25, and I'm going to teach you how to find these. I'm going to teach you how to read the Bible in just a moment. But I want to answer some of these basic questions that people tend to ask. Why aren't there more books? John says this. There are also many other things which Jesus did, of which, if we should have written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. They didn't write every little thing that Jesus did. If they did, they wouldn't have enough room to hold all the books for all the things that Jesus did. They hit on the highlights. And they wrote the things that they wrote because they wanted us to believe. They wanted us to believe them. They were eyewitnesses to a supernatural event, and they wrote it down, and they wanted us to believe them. And the sad part about it is so many people today don't even take the time to read the book. They don't even take the time to read what John wrote. They don't even take the time to read what Matthew wrote, what Paul wrote, or what Peter wrote. And it, it would be very saddening for them if they were to come back to the world today and realize how many people never even bothered. But I'm like, maybe people would bother if they knew how to read the Bible. So that's why I'm putting together this video. The New Testament ends with the legendary book of Revelation. Now, there's some that says Revelations. It's not Revelations with an S. It's Revelation, singular. It is the unveiling. That's what Revelation means, the unveiling, the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is the book that finally explains once and for all Jesus Christ, who he is. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of Gods. And the book of Revelation spells out what's going to happen in the future. And it's not pretty. It's one of the scariest books ever written. Because it tells us about things that are going to happen, and it is not pretty. It's a scary book. But it begins with a promise that lets you know that if you read it, you're blessed. So, take that into consideration. The Bible is divided into two parts. Old Testament, books of history and events and people and places. There's war, there's peace, there's love, there's hate. You name it, it's all there as they wrote down what happened to them. And God's intervening into the human activity to lead us back to Him. And then the New Testament, where God decides to come to the earth himself as the one we know as Jesus Christ, to live among us for 33 years, and then allow himself in a human body to be put to death publicly. Buried in a cave, big stone rolled in front of it, soldiers put in front of the cave to make sure nobody stole the body, because he told people, destroy this temple and in three days I'm going to raise it up again. Talking about his body. And the political leaders and the religious leaders of his day did not want to see that fulfilled, so they put soldiers out in front of the stone to make sure nobody came and stole the body. Three days later, just like he said, stones rolled away, Jesus walks out. And the soldiers went running for cover. The Bible said they were scared, as I'm sure you would if you were standing in a cemetery and a tomb came open and uh, the body comes walking out of there. Okay? The Bible is very real. It tells you about the real human condition. It doesn't hide or pull punches. It tells you exactly how it is. The rest of the New Testament tells about the followers of Jesus Christ, how Christianity began through them as they lived their lives and went around preaching Jesus and the persecution and the things that happened to them. And it's, it's not always pretty what happened to them. And, you know, there's a lot of people out here that thinks that we're going to be raptured out at any second. I want to let you know you need to get back to this book. There's a website I want to recommend you to, theundergroundchristiannetwork.com. Specially chosen sermons dealing with topics that ministers either won't preach about, don't teach about, or won't know how to preach about. Underground Christian Network doesn't cost you nothing. 
Find a sermon you like, click on it, sit back and listen to it. I don't charge anybody anything for preaching the Word of God. Okay? There's a lot of stuff there dealing with topics that people usually don't know how to deal with. One of the messages on there is the myth, uh, the, uh, the myth of the pre-tribulation rapture. So for those of you out there who believe we're going to be taken out of here at any second, you need to hear that as I take you through the King James Bible to see what the Bible has to say about that. Yes, the Lord is going to come back. There's no doubt about it. But this concept that he's coming back at any second, this book doesn't teach that. And that's one of the reasons why, again, I'm putting together this video. Because I want you to be able to read the Bible for yourself. This book is easy enough for people to understand that you don't have to sit under some pope or some religious leader or some elder or somebody who claims they know it all. You can know what it says for yourself. That gives you power. The Roman Catholic Church fought for hundreds of years to keep people away. You need to read the, the history of the Catholic Church and understand how much work they put into keeping people away from this book so that only their priests would have access to the Bible. And look at how many people have died trying to print the Bible into our language, into the languages of the world, because they wanted people to have the book, not just the religious class. They wanted everybody to have the book. And ultimately, King James of England in the 1600s got fed up with it and said, look, I want the Bible translated in the language of the common man. And I want you to bring together the best scholars, over 50 scholars who knew the languages of the Bible, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Bring these men together, sit them down, and for the next number of years, we're going to take the Bible out of Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, and we're going to translate it into basic, simple English. And that's what they did. And that's what we have here. Because this book is God's Word in our hand. And you need to know how to read it. Old Testament, New Testament. They both go together. They both fit together. You don't have one without the other. They both fit together. One is written. The other explains what's going on. They fit together. In order to read the Bible, you need to understand that it is divided into three parts when you're reading it. It is divided into book of the Bible, chapter of the book, and verse of the chapter. Book of the Bible, chapter of the book, and verse of the chapter. So when you want to find the book, there's several different ways. You can go to the table of contents and look for the particular book of the Bible you want to read. It'll give you the name. It'll give you which page it's found on. Or you can try to memorize all 66 books. And I'm going to let you know, I'm not one for much memorization, even though I've had to do a lot. I don't really like having to do a lot of memorization. And I find that music is a good way of memorizing stuff because all you have to do is learn the song and you have the stuff memorized. And many years ago, back in the 1980s, there was a guy. I'm not into rap. I mean, look at me. You, you think I'm into rap. No, I'm not. Give me Linda Ronstadt music, John Denver, you know, Keith Green. You know, my music is, taste is vast, okay? But in the 1980s, there was a guy that put together a rap. It was, it was all right. Excuse me. Sorry. Called the Bible. I just called the Bible rap or something like that. And what he did in part of that tune was he went through all 66 books of the Bible, put to music. Within what a minute, just boom, 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 one after another. And I'm like, okay, if I can learn this verse of his song, I can learn how to find these books of the Bible. 
If I can find that tune, I'll play it for you and put it on this video for you so that you can memorize it. Because even to this day, when uh, uh, somebody says, open up to this particular book of the Bible, <laughs> if I can't quite exactly remember where it was, I play the tune in my head. Okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Okay, I've got it. That's where it is. It might work for you too. So the books of the Bible, when you turn the page, the book of the Bible is usually always at the very top. And let me start here. When I say Bible, there's only one real Bible in the English language that you can trust. It is commonly called the Authorized King James Version. It says it here. It's probably a little bit too small for you to see with the camera back there. It wasn't always called a King James Version. I have here, this here is a Bible. This Bible is over 300 years old. I handle it very delicately. Okay? Over 300 years old, this book is. It is huge. It is heavy. It's the Word of God. I'm sure you'll be able to read this writing. Because it's so big. Holy Bible. Old Testament and New. See that? I'm trying to hold as close as I can to the camera. I had to take the page, one of the pages, uh, some of the pages since they were coming out because this book is so old. But one thing I learned about this over 300-year-old Bible, it doesn't have the word King James Version written anywhere on it. You know why? Because there was no such thing as a version. You had the Holy Bible. Period. The Holy Bible. That's what you had. There were no other versions out there. You had the Holy Bible. This one here, I'm not sure you see it, it's pretty small, but it says here, Holy Bible, Old Testament and New, and the date on here, printed in the year 1708. So, there are some people out there that say, well, hasn't the Bible, hasn't the King James Bible been changed over the last uh, number of years since it's been translated? Well, here we have a 300-year-old one. And here I have my King James Bible today. There are some that say that the old Bible is hard to read. No, not really. Not really. I have them open up to the same passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Okay? I'm going to read it from here, just a little bit, and I'm going to read it from here. I'll do from uh, verse 1 to 6 on this one and verse 1 to 6 on this one, and you tell me if it's hard to read. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which ye also are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas and then of the twelve, and after that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto the present, but some have fallen asleep. There are people that will tell you that the King James Bible is too hard to understand. They're lying to you. This one is over 300 years old. And I just read it like it's a modern day magazine. 
Let's read the one from the day. See if it says the exact same thing. 300 years removed. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which ye are also saved, if ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I declare unto you, first of all, that which also I have received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, and then the twelve. After that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain until the present, but some are fallen asleep. Over three hundred years old? Over three hundred years later? Still said the same thing. One is as easy to read as the other. The only difference this 300-year-old one has, they spelt words funny back then. Once you get used to how they spelt words, you got no problem. They spelt words kind of funny. It was funny to us. It wasn't funny to them because the English language was still pretty young back then. So the spellings have been updated. But besides that, it's the same thing. I just read it for you. I just read it. So if you want to find a book of the Bible, you'll find the name of the book of the Bible written in bold print at the top. Sometimes it's on the left, sometimes it's on the right, sometimes it's in the middle. But it'll always be bold print at the very top of the page. When you want to find the chapter for a particular book, the chapter, again, it'll say the word chapter and then the number in bold in the King James Bible. The King James Bible is very user-friendly. It is not written to be complicated. It is written to be understood. And it is. It's easy to understand. Don't let anybody tell you you need a, quote, modern translation to understand the Bible. You don't. You need the King James Bible. Just believe what it says. Name of the book at the top of the page in bold. Chapter of the book. Oftentimes, the chapter is going to be at the very top, too, so you can know what, if you're flipping through, you'll know, okay, this is Isaiah 37, this is Isaiah, uh, Ezekiel 20, this is Daniel 8. Why? It's written at the very top of the page. You'll know exactly where you are. When you find a chapter, it's written there in bold letters and numbers right there above where the chapter begins. When you have a, a book of the Bible, it'll also be spelled out, like you see here, Zephaniah. I'm not sure you can see that. i got to... Probably do some little zoom work on there. But written in big letters where it stands out. When you want to find a verse from the Bible, really simple with the King James Bible. You put your finger on the page and you go straight down because everything is in number order. When you get to the bottom of the page, most King James Bible are double column. Two columns. So you get to the bottom of the page, go to the top of the next column, and you begin the numbers right straight down. Same thing, page after page after page. No matter where you go, in the King James Bible, boom. Straight down the page, you have all your numbers here, then up here, and the numbers straight down. It's real easy to understand. So let's go back. Name of the book of the Bible at the top of the page. Then the chapter. The chapter will also be at the top of the page, but if you want to find the beginning of the chapter, just find out where it's written in bold, name chapter and whatever chapter you're in. Because here is chapter 15 written in bold. And then when you find, want to find a particular verse, you start at that, chapter uh, verse 1, and you start going straight down the page. When you get to the bottom, if you haven't found the verse you're looking for, 
Just go straight down the next side, and then straight down the next side until you find the verse that you're looking for. It's very easy to do. Very easy to do. Very easy to understand. This King James Bible, this is the weapon you need to get it done. This book will teach you how to get along with your enemies. This book will teach you how to get along with family. This book will teach you mainly how to be at peace with God. And I want to let you know the basics. What is this book all about, ultimately? What is the King James Bible about? The King James Bible spelled out is this. God made mankind. We are his special creation. We did not evolve over billions of years. We are far too complex beings to have simply got here by random chance. We were specially created by a supernatural being, made in his image after his likeness, and he loves us. Okay? Now, we rebelled against him. If you don't think so, just take a good look at your life and take a look at the Ten Commandments that are in here, where God says, you shall not do this and you shall not do that, and our natural instinct is to do the very things he said we shall not do. It's our natural instinct to do the things God said don't do. And the purpose of him putting those Ten Commandments here was to show us that no matter how good we are, we can't live up to that standard. Because the Bible says if you break one of the Ten Commandments, you're guilty of breaking all of them. So if you break one, as we all have, the Bible says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. It means don't lie. We've all lied at one time or another in our lives. Okay? So we're guilty before God. We broke his word. So what do we do? The Bible tells us. Because we've sinned, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So because we've sinned, because we've done wrong, God did something for us so that we could be forgiven. Somebody had to pay the price. There was no human that could do it because we're all sinners. So God came to the earth himself as a man, as the one we call Jesus Christ. But he wasn't just a man. He was more than a man. As you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the people who walked with him, talked with him, lived with him, the whole nine yards, they knew who he was. And they wrote about it. And what he did is he came, he lived among us, he told us how to get along, he taught us how to get along, he taught us how to be pleasing to God. And then he allowed himself to be put to death because the price for our sin was death. So he allowed himself to be put to death in our place. And what he asked of you and I to do is to believe that yes, we've sinned, yes, I've blown it. You've blown it. We've all blown it. Now, what are we going to do about it? We can't forgive ourselves because I'm a sinner. I can't forgive you. You're a sinner. You can't forgive me. We need the one that has never sinned to forgive us. And that's God. And God made a way for us to have our sins forgiven. And that's Jesus Christ. So he says, pray, ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And he will. He promises if you will come and ask him to forgive you, it doesn't matter what you've done. You think there's some sin that's so big he couldn't forgive it? But the Bible also lets you know, just because he's willing to forgive your sins don't mean that you have an open license to go out and keep sinning and sinning and sinning and sinning. We're all going to blow it. But just don't go out and blow it blatantly. Okay, we're all going to mess up. But when we do mess up, the Bible says we have an advocate with the Father. We have, like we would say, a lawyer to intercede for us because we're human beings. We mess up, and God knows that. And he wants to forgive us. He wants to forgive you. 
So just pray. Ask Jesus to forgive you. He's the only one with the authority to forgive you of your sins. The only one. There's no man on this earth that can forgive you of your sins because every single man, no matter who he is or who he thinks he is or she is, they're not God. Jesus is. Okay? He's the only one that has the authority to forgive your sins. So you simply pray. You don't have to do all this and all that. No. You just talk to him the way you talk to anybody else. He understands you. Okay? He made you. He understands you. And he's waiting. He's wanting to forgive you of your sins if you just let him. And what you do afterward, just pray after and forgive you of your sins. Ask him to fill you with his spirit so you'll want to do the things that are right. He'll forgive you. And get yourself a King James Bible. Authorized King James Bible. If you speak English, get a King James Bible. If you don't speak English, get a Bible that's translated from the same manuscripts as the King James Bible. Don't, don't settle for these, like the New International Version or the American Standard, Revised Standard, Holman Standard, uh, Amplified, and all these. Don't bother with those. Those are not real Bibles. And we're going to get into that probably in another video, and I can explain more about that. Get yourself an authorized King James Bible. You just saw me read one that's over 300 years old. It's not hard to read. It's not hard at all. Let's get into this. Start the New Testament if you want. Start the New Testament. Start the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And read about Jesus, who he is, and what he did for you. And go from there. There's a lot of information here. This book will tell you what the future holds. So that's about it for this video. I hope you guys uh, received some information from here. If you have any questions about the Bible, I can't guarantee I can answer everything because there's nobody out there that knows everything there is to know. This book is so living that you can read through it a hundred times, and each time you'll find something new. This book is very different than any other book you'll ever read in your life. Okay? If I can answer your question, I'll try to put together a video in the future answering some of your questions. And, you know, I, I you know, wish me the best. Keep me in prayer. And I hope you'll get something out of this video. Take it easy. I'm out of here. The Bible is the holy book, so let's open it up and take a look. We learn the words from Genesis to Revelation. You're tuned in with the Underground Christian Network.